Hello and welcome to the Build with Clay podcast. I am your host, Clay Davis. This podcast is designed to introduce you to people from across the world who have one thing in common. They want to grow in their life and inspire others. You'll get a front row seat to hear about how they define their mindset and their purpose. We'll unearth their habits, their failures, and learnings throughout their journey. And this will allow you to take those habits, those failures, and those learnings and apply them to your personal growth journey, no matter where you're trying to build yourself and grow. This podcast is designed for you, so thank you for being here. Prepare to meet interesting people, hear fun stories, learn something new, and plan to leave inspired. Very excited to have Ryan Denny on the pod today. Ryan is a kind, authentic, salt of the earth, a great friend, has a wonderful sense of humor. He's a Hall of Famer, which we're probably going to get into. And uh, just super excited to have Ryan on the pod today. So it's Build with Clay, and we are building with Ryan Denny today. Ryan, welcome to the pod. Hello, Clay. Thank you for having me. Man, we are uh, real pumped to have you here, man. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Yeah, so... uh Ryan Denny, um, native North Carolinian, uh, 37 years old now, um, so aging rapidly. But uh, I work as a financial advisor, uh, much more importantly, uh, married to a wonderful woman, Benita, um, son to a wonderful mother and and, uh, brother to two great sisters and their families um, also who are in North Carolina. So um, also uh, very blessed to be very good friends with you. Um, and really enjoying this process. So I'm sure that everyone will learn a lot more about me as we go, but that's that's just a few of the basics. Man, well, just so thrilled to have you. You've been a great friend and a great supporter of what we're doing here with Build With Clay. Always amping me up, you along with uh, our buddy Stokey and many others. Yep. And I have got to know your family and your friends along the journey here and your growth journey. And it's just been, uh, you know, I consider myself part of your family and I know you reciprocate. So it's a, right it's a it's a lot of fun and just super excited about the conversation we're going to get into today. So there's probably many that are listening that know you and know you pretty well, but there's probably some that don't know who you are. So we're going to jump into a couple of light questions, right? Hypo, some hypotheticals. Okay. I just want you to fire off, think out loud as, as you're doing this. So you are an avid traveler. I know you love to travel. But that is probably our greatest passion. <laughs> so if you could live in one country that you don't live in today, so you can't say the US, what country would you live in? All right. So it's a little bit of a cheat question on that one, actually. Um, so my wife, um, a lot of people probably don't know this about my wife, but um, whereas I kind of joke, I'm, I'm the boring guy uh, from North Carolina who lives in North Carolina. Uh, my wife's background is a lot more diverse. So um, my wife, her father is Indian. Her mother is Swiss. Um, so she uh, grew up in Kenya on top of all that, but she was born in Switzerland. And when they moved to the U.S., they actually had dual American-Swiss citizenship. Um, so that actually is something I'm hoping to get one day anyway. Um, I actually have to get in line and finally learn German if I'm going to do that. <laughs> Um, so that's but, actually a requirement uh, kind of have, to get the citizenship. You have, yeah, you have to have you have to have knowledge of a local language. Um, now that could be uh, Italian or French as well, uh, and I think there's one more. But um, but my wife is fluent in German. Her whole mom's side of the family is fluent, so um, probably something I should learn anyway. <laughs> but uh, but we've spent a decent amount of time in Switzerland. Switzerland is beyond beautiful. Uh, people are incredibly nice. Uh, the problem is that it is also incredibly expensive. So going to need to continue to work on that retirement plan if that's ever going to happen. But uh, I'll, I'll go with Switzerland. On All that. right. Good man. So we learned that not only does he want to live in Switzerland, but his wife is an absolute badass. Good to know. Oh, yeah. Totally. All right. So, yeah, I uh, one quick story there. I, uh, I once had a branch manager who was introducing me to someone and they said, you know, there are, there are people in relationships and it's usually one is a reacher and one is a settler. That's kind of the nature of relationships. And she said, Ryan here, Ryan's a reacher. <laughs> um, and I 100% agree. With I that. love it. So, yeah. I love it. Well, Ryan, I know that you're also a big music fan. So similar type question. If you could only listen to one musical artist or band for the next 10 years, what would it be? 
All right. So that one, I, I know the answer right off. It's it's probably going to be a band that not a lot of people know of, but uh, the 1975, which is a British, um, I guess they're considered a rock band, but I, I think to call them a rock band is probably a little bit short-sighted because the, they have a influence from a lot of different genres. Um, so they've got slower stuff, faster stuff, jazzy stuff, folky stuff, rock stuff. Um, so kind of feel like they can scratch a lot of itches. Um, they also more than any other band just kind of like, you know, usually with albums, you've got three or four songs you love, a couple that are okay. And a bunch of others that are fillers. Um, and I, I tend to like, uh, all of their stuff. So very cool. Um, I'll go with the 1975, which maybe uh, this will add some some um, exposure to them with people who don't. I love it. I love it. Well, well I, I've certainly checked them out because of you, and they're good. So I think you're you're onto something there. And I would also say that if I had asked 150 people, I don't think anyone else would have said them. So I love the unique answer. All right, love. I it. love the unique there answer. All right, two more for you. So you're about to be in a passenger, a, a passenger on a road trip. You're entering a convenience store and you get to have one drink and one snack for your road trip. What are you grabbing? That's the easiest question you'll ask me all day. Uh, the drink is cheer wine. Always has been, always all right, Hey, and, and, uh, and pause North. on the cheer wine. There's probably people that are not from North Carolina. Explain what cheer wine is. Oh, okay. So cheer wine is liquid gold. Um, <laughs> it, it has all the, uh, all the, the wonderful things you could ever want out of a drink. So it's, it's kind of like a, some people say it's like cherry Coke. I think that's a horrible uh, example uh, because it is 4,000 times better than that. Um, apologies to Coke if you ever have a sponsor of this podcast <laughs> and they want to do it. Um, They've been crossed it, off the list. Yeah, it's it's got a bit of a, a, of a cherry taste to it. Um, it's from Salisbury in North Carolina. Uh, most people uh, who don't like it would say that it's too sweet. There is absolutely no such thing uh, in my book. So, uh, so cheer wine is a local North Carolina soft drink. Uh, the snack is white cheddar popcorn. Um, I actually asked my mom the last time I was with her, I, I said, I wonder if, if I could fill something with the amount of white cheddar popcorn that I've eaten in my life, what would it be? And I couldn't really come up with something big enough. Um, so yeah, cheer wine, white cheddar popcorn. Don't even have to think about it. Sounds like a great start to the road trip. All right, last one, and I'm going to really need you to think out loud here because I'm so curious. This was is always very divisive. Would you rather have, you got to pick between one, would you rather have 10-foot long arms or 10-foot long legs? Uh, I'm going to go with arms. And I say that primarily because I am just shy of 6'5", so I am very aware uh, what being tall feels like. Um, I've spent my entire life being a lot taller than everybody else. Um, I have also said about my height that um, anything taller than me, mine's kind of on the limit where it's not too socially awkward, but you get much taller than me and it becomes that way. So 10 feet arms, pretty weird, uh, but I don't know. I don't want to tower 10 feet over every other human being in the world. So I'm going to go 10 feet arms. All right. I, lo I love the rationale. I love the way you, you, you think so. Perfect. Perfect. Well, all right. Thank you for indulging me in that. And hopefully the the, sure. <laughs> the listeners here get a little bit of sense of who Ryan Denny is out of that. So <laughs> going back to the original question around travel, right? And you're a huge travel guy, but you've had some interesting experiences traveling specifically with loving to injure yourself. So yeah. walk us through a couple of those instances because you've had some terrible yeah. luck. So I, I would say that beyond having um, bad luck with travel injuries. I just have bad luck with injuries, period. Uh, unfortunately, I can't separate that from the travel. Uh, so yeah, we've had a couple of rough situations. Hey, and um, actually, Ryan, the, well, if I can interrupt first, you for a second, because I want to, what we haven't gotten into is that yeah. you are an incredible athlete. You are not some person that just <laughs> sulks around, has no hand-eye coordination, doesn't know how to walk or run. I mean, this man is a literal Hall of Famer in his county for uh, his his basketball prowess and is a great athlete. I've played many sports with him. So this is this is someone that has a tremendous amount of athleticism. Yeah, I should have added the Hall of Fame part to the um, do not fly zone for this podcast. But so I've had a lot of injuries in my life, um, head to toe. Um, and we're not talking like sprains. I mean, ligaments, bones, everything. Um, but unfortunately, again, as I mentioned, that that hasn't been confined to the U.S. So 
we were in Hawaii uh, last, I guess, right before the pandemic hit and uh, was, I, I hate to say what I was doing because it seems like something a nine-year-old should be able to do safely, but I was boogie boarding, um, got a little bit, yeah, <laughs> got a little bit too on top of a wave, apparently rode right past uh, the drop-off into the shallow and came down right on my shoulder, uh, promptly dislocating my shoulder. Um, so luckily for me in the moment, my wife's brother was there with us and he is a physical therapist. So on the Hawaii beach, popped my shoulder back in, uh, and then went the next morning over to, uh, the emergency room cause everything was closed up by that point. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other one, this is probably the more ridiculous one, but, uh, I am a, a big sports fan, as I'm sure um, many of your listeners are. But um, where I'm a little bit different is I am a also a big European um, soccer league fan and have long since been obsessed with Tottenham Hotspur, which uh, everyone on the, the pod should know is is the greatest football club in the world. And uh, especially Stokey should know that. Uh, but anyway, um Went to a game, you know, this was a massive bucket list item. Um, went over in 2015, uh, watched them win against Manchester City, which is a um, really, really prestigious team over there. Unfortunately, in one of the goal celebrations, I kind of jumped in the air. Uh, gentleman behind me uh, also was very excited and kind of kind of bumped into me as I was off my feet. So I go tumbling forward into the, the front row get my arm wedged in between the seat and promptly break my arm. Um, so, so yeah, so spent, um, spent the first full night of our trip in a, uh, a London emergency room. Um, so that was a lot of fun and then had to go the last two weeks of that trip um, in a sling. So not ideal. And, and just, just for bonus uh, coverage on the injuries, I should also mention that on my wife and I fourth on our fourth date, uh, we decided to go for a jog before we uh, did whatever we were going to do. And we were about, we'll say half a mile into the run. Uh, somebody yelled my name from their back porch, stepped on the edge of the trail and broke my ankle on, on my fourth date with my wife. Um, so somehow she stayed with me after that. God knows why, cause pretty horribly embarrassing. Um, but yeah, so injuries and me pretty much go hand in hand. Um, not very well timed a lot of the lot of the time, but um, got to fight through it. Wow, what an incredible injury history you have there! Hopefully, you're past all of that in your life. You've had a lot of bad luck with injuries, and you know that takes a really strong mindset to get through a lot of those injuries. And so that's kind of what I want to transition into now is to ask you a couple, a little bit more deeper questions, and get your perspective on what you believe a growth mindset is, and also how would you define your purpose or your why. Of life. And look, I know that those are really deep. They're two different questions. So let's jump in with the first one. How do you define a growth mindset? Sure. So I, I think from a growth mindset, um, and I, I, I want to start just by saying this, I'm 37. And for probably 34 or 35 years of my life, unknowingly, I was kind of a poster boy for not having a, a growth mindset. Um, so a lot of this, this journey for me has been more recent. Um, which I think maybe gives me a little bit of a unique perspective on the whole thing. But um, I think a growth mindset to me is understanding that you are never going to be perfect. Um, being perfect and especially the appearance of, of you know, being perfect to a certain degree has always been a, something I struggled with. Um, and as a result of that, I probably avoided uh trying things or getting better at things that I otherwise would have. Um, but so, so number one is the understanding that not only are you not going to be perfect, but it's perfectly fine not to be perfect. Um, but then to, to, to tack onto that, and this really is the second step of a growth mindset to me is what can you learn from those imperfections? Um, I think that we're all going to go through life and have a lot of failures I think in a lot of ways, what's going to end up defining us is how we respond to those failures. It is, is it groveling? Is it, um, you know, wallowing in sorrow? Is it avoiding that, that type of thing, whatever it may be again, or do you learn from it? Do you grow from it? Um, so I, I think for me, uh, a growth mindset is the, the understanding that you are not perfect and never will be. 
and that taking the second step, which is what can I learn from that failure, those imperfections, um, to make myself a better version, a more, more fulfilled version of myself. All right, we had a little bit of a technical snafu, so switched some headphones up, figured out how to use Bluetooth, and we are back. We had to leverage a growth mindset for multiple minutes, especially you, Ryan. So I we're literally we're talking about growth saying, mindset and doing yeah, it. <laughs> just got done saying my new answer to your question is everything that just went wrong and coming back and being okay with it. So that's my new answer. But There we go. Well, I thought you had a great answer initially because you talked about two things. Understanding that you won't be perfect is, is how you would define a growth mindset. And the second is how you respond to failures and how you can learn from your failures. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty common but really impactful way to look at a growth mindset. And I really like what you said at the end because you talked about making yourself a more fulfilled version of yourself. So how did you, I know we talked about wanting to get into the, you know, your why and your purpose in life, but I want to dig a little bit more into this growth mindset thing because you said a really powerful thing at the end there. So how did you come across this concept of a growth mindset? Yeah. So for me, I came about it the hard way. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I grew up, I had a wonderful life. Like I don't, I don't have, you know, a, a story that says, oh, this is what forced me to go through a hard time. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, so essentially, um, went through my twenties. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you before that like, this would be an admission probably to a lot of the people that I know. Um, not that I would have cared if they had known, but realistically, some of this is only stuff that my, uh, my very close friends and family know, but, I've dealt with anxiety for a really long time. Um, but then especially as um, we, you know, it's something you can relate to, unfortunately, but we lost uh, dad pretty early uh, in, in uh, 2015. And that led to some really hard times for me. Um, where, whereas I had dealt with some anxiety in, in the past, I started dealing with some pretty serious depression at points. And when you're somebody who isn't accustomed to a growth mindset, and somebody who hasn't been very proactive on learning how to um, how to get through those time periods, and and most importantly to learn from those periods, I kind of sank into it. Um, so developed some bad habits. Definitely started drinking a little too much. Um, really, just felt like wasn't sleeping well. Just kind of kept kept feeling like I, I I I was in this place that I just couldn't get out of. And for somebody who had had always attempted to be perfect and who had struggled when he thought other people didn't view him as perfect, that was really, really hard for me. Um, so being void of that growth mindset, I think it just kind of sunk further into those problems and, and the mental health aspect of it just got worse and worse. So um, eventually got to a point where it's just like, okay, I don't, I don't want to live this way anymore. This isn't fun. I'm tired of being anxious. I'm tired of being depressed. Um, I want to be happier. I, a lot of it was um, for other people still, you know, I wanted to be a better husband, a better son, a better friend, a better brother, better employee. Um, but I also just, I, I wanted it for me. And I think that's a lot of what drives a growth mindset is you, you can't want it for other people. It's got to be for yourself. Um, so, you know, kind of bringing this full circle, every time I've ever had, um, an injury, I go to the doctor about it. Um, you're proactive in addressing it. But for me, the mental health component of it was not something that I was proactive on, uh, the way that I should have been. So when I finally got to the point where I chose to, I really dove in all the way. Um, and as a result, uh, read the book. Uh, mindset, which is all about the growth mindset, um, started meditating, started um, working on mindfulness. And um, this is a very long-winded answer, but to kind of sum it up, I've just done two plus years of really extensive hard work on kind of piecing this together. And the thing that that has really allowed me the most fulfillment is I look back now on those periods of time where I was really struggling and as opposed to thinking, oh, my God, I cannot believe I had to go through that. That was an absolute shit period of my life. I'm now able to look back on it and I'm more mentally healthy than I ever would have been if I hadn't gone through that because I learned how to be proactive. I'm more physically healthy because I went through that. I gained a lot of weight during that period of time. Um, 
I'm more physically healthy than I would have been if I had not gone through that. I think I'm a better friend, a better husband, a better employee. Um, so you go through this 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 kind of gauntlet of of life's biggest components, and all of a sudden I was able to see that because of those failures, because of what I went through, everything else, because I was willing finally to learn from it and to be proactive with it, every other component of my life then actually looked a lot better. It was I, I had a much more optimistic view of the future. Um, and, and it was because I was finally willing to learn from failure and to be a better version for it, as opposed to wallowing in that failure and thinking it's just not good enough. Well, Ryan, thank you for sharing. I, I know, I know you've gone through this journey over the last couple of years, especially, and it takes a big man and you are a big man, six, five, as you yeah. said. Quite but good. you're a big man for for sharing that with whoever's listening because you could change a life with something like that and yeah being yeah. open um, about that you know, so that that's really really big of you to do that you you said once uh for those that don't know clay has a newsletter which is amazing and uh he, he told clay told me a story once of someone he had helped and he said you know if i can have one person um then it then it was worth it and you know it's not that i would have been hiding this it's just I've never been a, a party to something that's going to go out potentially to a lot of people to, to say that. Um, so yeah, if it, if it can help one person that has struggled with some rough times um, to, 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 to understand not just that, that they will end, but that there can be a much brighter future because of it. Uh, that would be a wonderful thing for me. Well, you're a shining example of someone who's, made a complete transformation. And I want to get into more of what's dri truly driven that transformation for you, mm -hmm. because I think you've developed some excellent habits. I think you've learned about, you know, how to do certain things, how to develop these habits, how to overcome adversity and challenges. And, you know, in the spirit of helping others, I think that I'd love for you to be open to that. And I, I figure you will be, but before we get into that, I do, I, I want to address, you know, you, you said that you lost your dad in 2015 and that's something that you and I, unfortunately, have been able to bond over since I lost my dad in 2018. And you know, losing a, anyone you love sucks, and losing a dad really sucks. And so, you know, that's probably the best way to put it is that it just sucks. Yeah, it just sucks. But <laughs> but it, but it, but you know what it does is it helps drive your purpose. It did for me at least, right? You know, it my my father's death certainly gave me a gift. You know, he gave me a gift with his death to take a step back and realize what's truly important in life mm -hmm. and almost hit a little bit of a, of a restart button because mm -hmm. you, you get caught up in so many things, right? Your, your job, the people you're around, social media. I mean, there's so many things that, that you can let consume you. Mm -hmm. And my my dad's passing the gift he gave me was to hit that reset button and say hold on really what is important in life absolutely for you absolutely let let, let me jump in real quick because there's a story i want to tell in in that vein so um as i have very clearly stated i did not handle my father's death well at all um as as a response to the last couple of years i i, I always say this at the beginning of the story i'm not equating um, the loss of a dog with the loss of my father. But everybody who also knows me knows I am insanely in love with my dogs. And um, I, I lost our older lab who I'd had since I was just out of college a couple of months ago. And I knew going in, I'm like, okay, this is the next chance I have to grieve. And I, I decided that I wanted to do it in a much more productive manner. And even then I struggled with it. You know, that, 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 that again, kind of goes back to even once you learn all of this, there's always more to learn. But I remember one night I looked at Benita and I said, you know, the thing about grief is you just can't learn anything from it. It just, it just sucks. And it's like the second it came out of my mouth, I was so pissed at myself. Cause it's like, that's so cynical. That's so fixed mindset. And within an hour, I'd been reading all about things you can learn from grief. And the vast majority of it comes back to perspective. 
And I I know you know this, but whether it's perspective on time, on relationships, on whatever, uh, grief is one of the times in your life when you can most clearly articulate and reprioritize what's important to you. And yeah, and I, dogs mean a lot to me and I, or at least I thought they did. And then I met you (laughs) and I saw (laughs) the relationship that you had. And I know that especially during the pandemic, you and your dog spent a lot of time on the ground, a lot of love. You're petting them for, you know, sometimes hours at a time. And Mm -hmm. the amount of love that y'all had in that household for, for your dogs is, is phenomenal. Our dogs dogs have it very good. Uh, Yes, they do. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. But so you kind of were getting into a little bit of helping you step back and think about truly what's important in life. And I think that that has a lot to do with thinking about your purpose and mm-hmm. why you're here. And that's a really hard thing to answer, but I'm curious how you would answer it for yourself. Yeah. So for me, it, it's all about relationships. Um, I, I, I like my job. I'm very fortunate that I like my job. Um, but, but it, it in no way defines me. Um, for me, my why is all about my wife and, you know, being a light to her, about being a light to my family and being a light to the people that, that I love the most. Um, you know, all of my closest friends, which you were very much a part of, um, and, and, and making their lives better, um, adding, adding joy to their lives, being there for them when they need me most. Um, and then I also want the, the secondary part of it is I, I want to leave the world a better place, um, in some way. I've talked to you a lot before about how legacy is important to me. Um, I don't, I don't want to uh, leave this earth and and feel like I just took from it. Um, so we've been um, talking a lot recently about philanthropic areas, you know, places we can give time or money that that can make the world a better place. Um, so those are the two biggest things for me on the why is uh, my wife, uh, my family, and my close friends and then leaving the world a better place than I found it. What are some of those, that's an excellent why, what are some of those philanthropic or areas of interest that you have? Yeah, I think the key for for us was just understanding that, okay, we can't do everything, right? You can't give money to every institution. And realistically, if you spread yourself too thin, it's going to be money and not time. Um, So we're still, I, I will admit on the front end, we're still early in our journey on this part of it. Uh, but for us, the environment is really the one that we have chosen to, to take on as kind of our cause. Um, yes, pretty, pretty, pretty dire news out there these days. Um, when you look at the graphs on where we're headed, it's, it's not a lot to be excited about at the moment. Um, and I, I think that knowing that, knowing that, you know, if we're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have children and, um, you know, they're going to be here a good long while. So uh, we started, you know, small, we're making changes around the house. I used to probably eat 12 meals a day that had meat. Um, now I'm down to two or three. I think you um, meant 12 just, meals a week. Just to clarify, this man doesn't oh, eat sorry, 12 sorry. meals a, yeah, a day. Tw- <laughs> <laughs> I might have been eating that at one point. Um, <laughs> no, sorry, 12 meals a week, probably on average with meat. Um, we're down to two or three now. Uh, we just got... Uh, uh, reusable paper towels. Um, I read a day ago about um, there are 27,000 trees are cut down a day for toilet paper. Um, so we're going to try to go to, a, there's like a sustainable bamboo. I won't say how it feels because I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> bamboo doesn't sound wonderful. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I drove a truck. Now I drive a hybrid. Um, so, you know, look, that I, I we are far from perfect when it comes to the environment. There's still a million things we could change. Um, but even something like if we take a trip buying carbon offsets, um, it's a little thing, but it, it, it feels like we're being proactive. Um, and hopefully over time we, you know, now that we have identified that we can actually find specific causes to, to give money to, um, to dedicate additional time to, um, so that, that is the one that we are going to concentrate on. Um, but there's a million different ways people could go about that. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I, one, I commend you and Benita for doing that. I, I've seen it firsthand and I think you're, those are great examples of ways to contribute. And, you know, they seem small and I know you can, you, you kind of talk about how, well, you know, it's not much, but, and there's this concept of incremental gains 
Mm-hmm. Right. And little things can make a add up in the long run and doing these little things and inspiring others to think about doing these little things. I mean, that's, that's impact right there. Those, those 1% changes over the course of multiple years make a huge impact. And mm-hmm. it's hard to see the impact in the short run, but I, I want to, I know, you know, that concept, but I want to encourage you to, to, to keep it up and not to think that you're doing a little thing. I mean, you, you're making some, some big changes that, seem little now that are going to have big impact on not only yourself, but others that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And I think too, like, I, I think that speaking on that, that building, um, which is obviously going to be a major thing for you, but I, one habit can develop another habit. Um, so I, I think as you start making those changes, it's easier then to tack on additional um, positives. But I also think just, just from a mental standpoint, like, as you make changes in life, you are going uh, in ways that that make a difference. You're going to drive more confidence from that. You're going to derive more purpose from that. And that kind of goes back to living in a fulfilled way, too. Um, I, I just think that it, as people make an effort in some form or fashion, um, it's going to build. And, and I think the mental component of it is just as important as the actual habit itself. Absolutely. Yeah. You're spot on and building of these habits, they're not easy to do. And I think that's an excellent transition point because we've gone over almost 35 minutes into this podcast and haven't specifically outlined the incredible way that you have gone about losing weight. You, you talked about, you know, how you've had the, we've talked about the injuries you've had and injuries make it hard to exercise. And then, you know, your dad's passing and and bad habits ensued. And all of a sudden, you know, you're already a big guy, but you became a really big guy. Yeah. And, and, and then you developed all these habits and, and transformed your body completely. I mean, this man lost, well, I I won't say how much. I lost you. I lost you. Basically. basically, I lost. A, no, you can say it. I lost a hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I basically lost clay. So <laughs> if you're heavy and you want to feel bad about yourself, just go hang out with clay and Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> well, losing a hundred, losing a hundred pounds is no joke. And there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of crash diets. There's a lot of, of fluff out there about how to do it. But what I'm so excited to hear you talk about is how you went about this because, and and why you decided to change, because this, this was not a three month pot project. This no. is a probably two and a half year project it that is, is continued and you've continued to maintain, which is possibly even more impressive that you've done that. So I'll, I'll open it up to you. And I, I want to chime in on the way because man, I've just been so impressed yeah, because please. every time I saw you, you looked like a new person. Yeah, please do jump in. Um, so yeah, so I, I would say the interjection uh, or the intersection, maybe I should say, of um, I don't feel good mentally and I feel really bad physically happened around the same time. Um, so I, I remember summer of 2019, I went to the doctor and just, you know, normal physical getting test run and left and thought, okay, we'll see what happens. You know, normal doctor visit. And then they came in and that was very much a no shit moment in my life um, where the numbers were not what I wanted it to be. Um, so that on top of the the mental stuff that was going on, it's just like, okay, that's enough. It's time for change. So <laughs> the answer to this question is one that I, I have found a lot of people don't really want to hear. Um, people are often disappointed when, when they hear my answer on, on losing weight. Um, cause I think that, and, and my wife has said when people ask her and she tells them they, they sometimes are disappointed. Um, it was a lot of hard work. It was going to the gym a lot. It was cardio. It was eating right. It was totally changing the diet. Um, now <laughs> you know me and I know you, we both love food, right? Uh, so, so the reality is that I, I just, I, I was creative with it. Um, I, I started finding ways that our joke in our household was that I, I had found a way to bulk eat in a way that was still quite healthy. I ate a lot of popcorn, um, and things like that. But, but at the end of the day, it was, it was being disciplined with exercise and being very disciplined with diet. Um, I think you're going to hear 
million different things on on commercials and internet magic pills magic this magic that and i'm not saying there aren't places for medication and weight loss just like anywhere else or whatever but um it, for me it was just okay i'm gonna sink into it so started running i the funny thing is i'd always hated hated running with a passion and uh and when i first started losing weight i decided i'm gonna make myself run two or three times a week. And it was a tiny amount at first, but it was more as punishment. Funny thing now is I love running something I do all the time. Hey Ryan, um, how can you quantify how, how much you were running? Cause I think, yeah, so, I think now it's like, wow, I'm, I'm running a ton of miles and everything. But I think at the beginning with running with your, the way you started changing your eating habits, you did it in such a smart way because it wasn't insanely drastic. It was different yeah, and you had to be dedicated, but it wasn't this crazy drastic thing. Yeah. So I a hundred percent, I think that there's always a fine line with taking on new things where you don't want to do it so passively that you're not committed. But I think what happens with a lot of people with weight loss and it's kind of like the new year resolution syndrome where you're like, all right, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. And you're doing two a days or eating nothing and what happens is two weeks pass, four weeks pass, you're burned out. You're like, screw this. This is awful. Um, so I just wanted to do it in a way that was sustainable. Um, so for the first, we'll say month or two, I was running two to three miles probably um, about three days a week. And those were really slow miles. I mean, there were sometimes running and walking. Sometimes it was, it was running, but at slow paces. Um, but a, you know, you start to see a few results and B, um, you, you, you start seeing things you just didn't even expect, you know, you're sleeping better. Um, I, now that I, um, am in such a good place mentally as you look back and you're like, my God, if, if I'd been exercising during that time, a lot of that could have been avoided too. Cause, hmm. um, there's just a million different benefits, but you got to start. Um, and the key is starting in a way that, you know, will be sustainable. Every single person knows themselves better than any other person on, on the earth. Um, so you just got to know what you're capable of and what you're willing to put into it. Um, so for me, that was very slow at first, but it picked up steam as I went. Man. And so from an accountability standpoint, obviously you're trying to hold yourself accountable, but mm -hmm. you know, who else in your life or who, how did you go about getting accountability partners or was that even a tactic that you took? Yeah. So with weight loss, um, it, it actually wasn't. Um, and I, I think that can actually be a dangerous thing in a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I wouldn't actually encourage people not to have accountability partners because I think accountability, accountability partners in life are a wonderful thing. Um, but for me, and you know this about me, I'm a bit stubborn. Um, and I just, I, I knew that once that journey was started, I was going to see it through. And I, I got to, I mean, I got to say the numbers, but I got up to 310. And I kind of thought back to when I was younger and I thought, you know what? 210 sounds nice. A hundred mm -hmm. is a nice round number. And that's what I was going to do. And, and you, you'll remember this, but like every time somebody would ask me a question, um, of how much have you lost or how much are you going to lose? Do you remember what my answer was? I feel like you didn't give an answer. It was, I'll tell you when I get there. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, tell any question. I wouldn't tell my wife. Um, it was just something that I wanted to do for me. And, um, and part of that was kind of withholding that information. I, I'll admit, I think part of it too was if at that point early on, if I said how much I was going to, how much I'd lost, I also opened up the likelihood of telling people what I'd gotten up to, um, which I was horribly embarrassed about at the time. Um, lucky for me, six, five carries three ten a lot better than some heights, but, um, but I was a lot heavier and I, I just, I kind of wanted initially it was, I don't really want to talk about the numbers yet. And that transitioned to, I want this for me. I didn't want the, the weight loss to be about anybody else. It was my goal. It was um, something that, that I needed and wanted personally. 
Um, and then also when it, when you can say a hundred at the end, that sounds kind of cool. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it just, it, it was, a, it was a process, but that you mentioned this early on, if, if there is anybody out there who is, is wanting to, to move forward with weight loss, um, you, you got to know yourself. You got to know that, that, that it's not going to happen in, in a month. It's going to take a little while. Um, but you, you've got to, to set those goals that are achievable. And the good news about weight loss is it's not a linear thing where it's a start and a finish. There's a lot of celebrating in between because if, if you're losing a hundred pounds, it still felt awesome to lose 25. It felt really great to lose 50. Um, I got down to 230, which is the weight where Benita met me. Um, and, and, you know, to lose 20 beyond that. It, it felt nice. So, so the cool thing about weight gain is whereas a lot of things involving the growth mindset in life, they, they take a while to pay off. Um, weight loss is a celebration all along the way. Um, so that, that adds to motivation. Um, and, and for me, I mean, this can be dangerous, but the, the scales were, were, were big. I mean, just having a number that was a goal and getting to that point was, was something that um, a lot of my spare thought went into. Well, you're a numbers guy, so that doesn't surprise me yep. at all. Yep. Well, it's impressive as hell. A hundred pounds is basically my five-year-old plus another one of my <laughs> five-year-olds plus my three-year-old. So you you lost an incredible amount of weight, and yeah. it was it was so fun to see you through the journey. And so you, we talked about on the exercise front, but obviously the 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 eating habits had to change mm -hmm. drastically. You talked about bulk eating, but bulk eating with light things and low calorie things like popcorn. So how did you go at the beginning? Like think, try to think back to the beginning. What were the one or two things that you changed initially to, to not make it super drastic, but what were those couple of things that you changed? Yeah. I think that the, the one thing people often think about with changing a diet is they just look big picture and you, you don't realize if you're, if you're, tactical, you can choose a lot of little things, um, that, that add up. So, um, not drinking a lot of people ingest a lot of empty calories each week drinking. And, um, you know, it's not me saying don't drink. It just means if you're trying to lose weight, that's, that's going to be an obstacle. Um, you know, one of the things I did, I know that I love a good dinner. It's just a really nice way to finish the day. Um, so even when I was losing the weight, I was still not, um, not being insane about dinner. Um, I, I was very careful with portion control. Um, but for me, it was, it was all about breakfast and lunch, just being insanely regimented every single day. Um, I had a breakfast with, a, or excuse me, a, a yogurt with just a little bit of granola in it for breakfast. Uh, I had a morning star burger and a vegetable, uh, for lunch. And I did not deviate from that ever. Um, so, you know, again, there are ways you can have fun with it. It's not like you have to starve yourself all day. I would eat a lot of popcorn. We, I joked about desserts. Like we found these things. This is absolutely an advertisement for this company, but um, there are these things called Yasso bars that I've talked to you about. Uh, it's basically frozen Greek yogurt. And I'm not saying eat a million of them, uh, but they're a hundred calories and they taste just like a dessert bar. So it, it just, they're a little expensive is the bad thing, but um but yeah, you just, you, you got to learn how to do it in a way that is sustainable, that is in a way where, um, you know, you, you can't get your only joy out of stepping on the scale and seeing the benefit. You want to enjoy that ride. Um, but I just growth mindseted my way into figuring out how to do it in a way where I still got to treat myself a little bit. Um, that just meant being insanely disciplined in other areas. Wow. Well, you certainly did use a growth mindset because you, you talked about, you, you understand that you're not going to be perfect in a growth mindset. And you knew that it, that the process wasn't going to be perfect, but how you responded, I want to, I want to get into the times where, cause look, how long was this journey to go from three ten to two ten? Uh, I would say about a year and a half. Um, yeah. so not quite months. two and a half. Yeah. About yeah. 18 months. 18 months. So this wasn't, again, not a crash diet. This is this is you building sustainable habits along the way. And I'd love to get into what some of those habits were. I mean, you've, you've touched on a couple of them, but the, the aspect of, I know that there were times, there had to be times in that 18 month journey 
where you started to doubt yourself or you started to think I, or you got on the scale and you didn't lose a single pound, even though you felt like you were doing the right thing. So what in those moments, if you can reach back, what kept you going? For me being stubborn, um, you know, I, I had spent a lot of time um, allowing, I think, let me put it this way. You don't go from 210 or 230 to 310 in a day. It, it takes building habits. Unfortunately, in that case, they're just not good ones. Um, you know, switching, switching gears and going back down is, is also about building habits. Now, to your point, unfortunately, when you lose weight, there are times you plateau and it sucks. I mean, it is a bad feeling when you've just been shedding them and then all of a sudden you stop. Um, you know, I, I, from the people I've talked to who do lose weight, that unfortunately seems to be more of a problem for females too, when they lose weight. Um, the key is remembering a couple things. Number one, that that's going to happen and it's a long-term journey. Um, even if you don't have a lot of lo- weight to lose, it's still going to take a little while. Um, and then the second thing is that part of losing weight is picking up other good habits, as we said, but those other good habits have added so much value to your life anyway. So for me, I'd always been a terrible sleeper. I think that's one reason I was more anxious back in the day is because I I didn't sleep well. And all of a sudden I'm exercising all the time and my God, did I sleep well? And you wake up and it's like, Hmm, this is pretty nice. Um, so that was, that was a huge benefit. Like I said earlier in the pod, I think just exercise in general is going to add value to your mental health. Um, having been an athlete, I'm a little creakier now as one, but, um, rediscovering, Ooh, I really like playing tennis. I like playing basketball. I like playing whatever, um, that started to come back into me. And, and all of that just adds more and more to your confidence. So even if you have a plateau on weight, or even if you hit a point where it's hard, if you've really ingrained those habits in yourself, otherwise that's giving you purpose. That's giving you confidence. That's giving you mental health. Um, so it's, it, it makes dealing with the frustration of a slowdown in weight loss, or maybe not making quite the, the target in a week or a month that you were hoping for a lot easier to deal with. Hmm. Man. Well, so many great golden nuggets within that that you just over the last couple of minutes talking about losing this weight. I mean, there's not many people that you're ever going to know that are going to lose triple digits in the amount of weight and sustain it, which you have done. You've, <laughs> you've built these habits and you've sustained it. So what habit that you built are you the most proud of? Ooh. Hmm. Well, I'll let you think on that. Think on that. So okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one that I'm most proud of, of myself. Okay. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I t- I'll talk about myself for a, a little bit more too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I developed a habit of doing pushups before uh, taking a shower. Yeah, so yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a concept that's called habit stacking completely stolen from atomic habits by James clear. If you haven't checked out that book, I highly, highly recommend it. He talks about this concept of habit stacking where Building habits are hard, Ryan. You know that better than anyone. Oh yeah. And w- one way to do it, 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 they're hard because you haven't conditioned yourself to do them all the time, right? You haven't you haven't created that that trigger point where it says, "Oh, I need to do this," right? It's like when you walk out of a when you walk out of the the, the room, you your habit is to click the light switch. Probably, mm-hmm. it's just like a habit you developed. You're triggered by walking out of a room, so. I wanted to develop a habit of making sure that I did I did push-ups every day because I wanted to make sure I did something physical every day. I, I tried to do other things many, many days, but I wanted to make sure that no matter what my day looked like, if I was traveling on airplanes, if I was, you know, crazy at work or doing stuff with the kids, I wanted to make sure I had something. And I shower every day, as I hope many of the others out there do. <laughs> so I stacked that habit of showering with my desire to do push-ups. So before I get in the shower, I I do, you know, a set of push-ups and I've increased over time, but it triggers me every time now to to drop down, you know, do the 50, 100, whatever number of push-ups that I want to do and then I jump in the shower and shower off. And what's hilarious is that I've been doing that for probably 14 months now and my sons who are 5 and 3 years old now 
if for some reason I forget, which is very, very rare, they'll look at me, I'm about to get in the shower and they'll look at me and they'll say, daddy, did you do your pushups? <laughs> so it's, it's so ingrained in me now that I have my accountability partners are my three and five year olds. And now they're getting on the floor <laughs> doing pushups or getting on my back and making me do pushups with them on my back, which, you know, I, I guess is a good thing. But so that's a habit that I'm extremely proud of. So what is an, what is a habit that you develop that you're extremely proud of? Before there, I go there. First off, shout out Hazen Walker, most awesome kids in the history of the world. Uh, second of all, anybody who has seen Clay lately, total stud. Um, so the push-ups are working. And, uh, and on top of that for me, I, okay, I'm going to answer one generally and one um, a little bit more specifically. So generally exercise. I mean, I, I am incredibly proud that I continue to exercise. Um, am I seven days a week like I was? Of course not. That's not sustainable. Um, but now that I've lost the weight and I'm just trying to sustain still five days a week, a week, typically just cause I enjoy it. Um, the one that is a little more specific and I, I, I say specific just cause I want to elaborate on it a little bit is meditation. Um, I think a lot of people have this perception of, of meditation as, as with, you know, Zen like music and, um, you know, you're sitting with your, your, um, in, what do they call it now? The um, Indian style. Well, Applesauce. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, um, for me, it's you find a comfortable place to sit and you meditate. And meditation is not about, you know, reaching some some level of enlightenment to me. Meditation to me is just slowing things down for a few minutes. Um, I think we live in a world now where everything just seems to move so quickly We've always got um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok right beside of us. It seems like uh, the news sucks to watch all the time. You know, we've had crazy elections and um, social unrest and uh, a pandemic, and it, it's just been a rough year and a half to two years um, for for this world. So I, I think knowing that it's been harder to find an outlet that, that things do seem to move more quickly and that it's harder to escape, um, the news or, or social media. I think that 15, 20 minutes a day for me just gives me a, a quick reset, um, where I'm not in, involved with any of those outside things. Um, and, and allowing yourself just to slow down for a few minutes actually to me allows me to stay much slower the rest of the day. Um, so that I, I would say most proud of is, is actually probably that one. Well, you are one of the reasons why I started thinking about meditation because i saw the habits that you were developing around, around your health, around, you know, your physical health, but you started really concentrating on your mental health. And that got me thinking, okay. Cause I always had this, the same viewpoint of meditation. I'm like, okay, like I'm, you know, sitting right. crisscross applesauce with yeah, my hands you in, see the in the air. Movies. Yeah. And, you know, there's like little in incense happening around me and I'm in a dark room and I'm supposed to, you know, leave enlightened. Well, I kept hearing, you know, I had you, I had other friends that were, th that were doing it. I would listen to other podcasts and, uh, you know, see people on social media talking about it that I really respected. And I said, okay, there's gotta be something to this. Like if this many people are talking about it, I have good friends that are doing it. There's gotta be something to it. And I think you're right. Like finding pause I really like the word pause, like finding pause in your life because we, it's so easy to not have pause at all. We have our phones at our fingertips, our laptops, TV, music. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's amazing how easy it is to be completely distracted and not allow you to kind of clear that mental inbox that we have. Mm -hmm. I mean, the person that we talk to most is ourselves whether we realize it or not, oh. that's who we talk to. <laughs> By about 10,000 times. And if, and if we don't allow like a sustained amount of time to talk to ourselves and real without distraction, I mean, that can, that can put you in a pretty dangerous place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also think, and this is something that um, you and I've talked a lot about, but um, I, I have found that being present, um, not just with other people, but even trying to be with yourself um, is insanely helpful in enjoying and uh, your life and, and being fulfilled. I, 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 I know that for so long and I still struggle with this all the time. 
um, I was just constantly thinking about what I was going to be doing or something that I'd already done. And I think that's the way a lot of us spend our days. And if you allow yourself to just say, here's where I am and I'm going to enjoy this, whether that is sitting and watching TV with a spouse or a friend, um, whether it is going on a walk by yourself and just kind of enjoying nature, um, it, it allows you to be in the moment. And meditation is a wonderful way to practice being in the moment um, and I do find that the more I meditate, the more present that I am. Yeah. And you actually bring up a great point that I think meditation, because of the connotation that you have to sit in a dark room and you have to be quiet and all of these things. Well, it's more about just creating that space to talk to yourself as you so mm -hmm. eloquently put, and you can do that. You can walk, you can do a walking meditation. You can go on your, Absolutely. on your normal walk, like through nature around your block. Just don't bring your phone. Don't bring your headphones yeah. occasionally. Right. I, I mean, look, I'm guilty of it too. Walk. I love listening to a great podcast. I love listening to music. I love talking on the phone. If I'm walking around the neighborhood, taking my dog on a walk. But sometimes if you haven't given yourself space to talk, just go around the, go around the walk on the, uh, go around the block on a walk and don't bring anything. And it's amazing that you're going to now give yourself a chance to talk to yourself. And, yeah, and I would argue that is a form of meditation. 100%, 100% or even, even driving, Right? I've actually found myself recently not turning on anything in the car and it's just me in the it's, car and I know and I know where I'm going and it's driving meditation basically and it's, it's hard not it's to though incredible it? It yeah, is but it's very really hard, hard not to, to. <laughs> yes I, I I it's like knowing the importance of it I'm so intimately I think aware of it and I still turn on the podcast 90 percent of the time uh, I still I still Same bring here. my phone with me on a lot of the walks so it's just it's so hard to make that transition. But if you do it every single time, I think you can look back on it and say, okay, I'm a more centered version of myself right now. Um, and, and I think for so many of us, life just on a daily basis seems overwhelming. There's just a lot to do. Um, and I think a lot of people go to bed every night burned out. Um, so if you can create those periods of time and um, where you do kind of allow yourself just to slow down, be with yourself um, and be in the moment, I think it also slows everything else down um, and will allow you to um, enjoy some of those more mundane tasks, whether it's spending time with your dog, your children, who, you know, whatever um, that, that occur on a daily basis. Um, actually being in that moment allows you to appreciate it a lot more. 100%. And some of the best advice that I've received, because I, I, of course, and I know you would say the same about yourself, we're not meditation or mental health gurus by any stretch, but we've learned through our, our own personal experiences. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got, and I'm lucky I'm a great sleeper, right? I can, my head hits the pillow. And <laughs> yeah, basically I've seen. And I know you're the complete opposite. So one of the best pieces of advice that I've received that I've tried is if you're hesitant about meditation or don't know what it's going to bring you, but you struggle with sleep is to lay down in your bed when you're, when you want to, about when you want to go to bed, don't have any distractions, don't have your phone on, don't have the, the TV on and go in with the intention of meditation, right? To just sit there, let the thoughts go in and out. And one of two things will happen. You will either meditate, which should have some positive outcome, or you'll fall asleep. <laughs> it's a complete win-win. Yeah, total. The definition of. Um, and another thing I'll add too is, is just for people who haven't done it, because I think it can be so scary to a lot of people. There's so many good apps out there now, um, if you do want to give it a shot, that will help you in the process. Because um, my, my argument before had been, well, I always just um, start thinking about things. So it, it's not, it doesn't work. Well, it's kind of the point is you, you, you have to work at it. So um, not knowing what to do. Um, there, there are a lot of apps out there. I use one that is called, I'm actually pulling it up just because I want to make sure I am giving the right name, um, but uh, 10%. Um, so not an ad for them. Um, but but uh, point is, just know there are resources out there if you want to get started and you're not sure what what to do. Man. Well, I love the the answer around the habit has got us into a really fun conversation and mm -hmm. something that we're both passionate about and something that we've found that has really helped us in our you know kind of new journey is so I love the habit that you built around meditation and, and doing it in different ways and, and sharing your experience. So that's really cool. And, and one thing that I want to tie out on is that you know, I introduced you as like an extremely friendly person, just great sense of humor. 
And I met you right when you said it yourself, you had a fixed mindset. You were a mm-hmm. different person back then, but you were extremely friendly, always fun to be around and just a great, great person, salt of the earth. And what's awesome is that you've had this complete personal transformation and physical, tra- like physical, mental transformation about how your mindset has shifted. You've had, uh, you know, a death in with, with dog, with dad, you've, you know, compl- you've lost a hundred pounds. I mean, all of these things have changed, but what hasn't changed is the type of person you are and you should be really proud. And I don't want people to be fearful of thinking that they're going to change the inner core person that they are because they're changing their mindset or they're changing their physical approach because you are still one of, you know, one of the most friendly salt of the earth, great people, great sense of humor. And that hasn't changed. It's just your mindset and your physical appearance has changed, but none none of those core things have changed. And that's, that's a testament to how you've gone about this. First of all, thank you. Um, you, this is something we've talked about before, but you know, with the love and respect I have for you, um, that it means as much coming from you as anybody. Um, at the end of the day though, the instincts that that we have are going to drive our decisions in my opinion. Um, and those instincts don't change you. We are who we are and that's a good thing. Um, so I, you know, it, it, it's always been important to me, even in bad times to be a good friend, to be a light to others. Um, I appreciate you saying that. Cause I think that when you go through hard times, sometimes, and, and you see a, um, a happy ending, which right now I feel like I'm in a good place. So that's good. Um, but you look back and it's like, Oh, those were the bad times. No, there are wonderful times then too. Um, but, but you do all this and, and you stay who you are again. I, to me, it comes back to what allows me to live the healthiest, uh, life that I can. Um, but, but not just physically, mentally as well. And, and how does that growth mindset add to the fulfillment that at the end of the day you you're going to have or have not. And, and to me, the, probably the greatest joy in life is to be fulfilled, um, because if you're fulfilled, there's whatever else is going on is okay. It is okay. You're 100% right. And that for me, again, like I had all these kind of external things that I wanted to accomplish, right. Having a certain title in my position mm-hmm. or, you know, some, some level of growth that was not really for myself. If I really wanted to admit it yeah, to someone. I'm, I'm still guilty of that. And I think taking that step back and realizing, taking the gift that my father gave me with his death and really reprioritizing about my family and my friends and you know, thinking about my purpose in life, about helping others grow and wanting to be there for others and for others. It all comes down, the common denominator for all of this is how to have a fulfilled life. Like what brings you mm-hmm. joy? What brings you happiness? And, you know, you've, you've set yourself up so that down the road, you've got the mental and physical health to go do the things that you want to do and, and enjoy doing them and hopefully limit your injuries along the way because <laughs> you're, you're a little bit lighter, a little, your knees and your ankles, I'm sure are all thanking you for, for the weight you lost and, and you're, you know, you're certainly better for it. Yeah. The knees are definitely not as swollen as they used to be. So that's a positive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a really good thing. So, um, man, well, the conversation has been awesome, Ryan. I know that we haven't even touched on so many other topics that you and I know so much about and, and, and especially you do around your job as a, as a wealth advisor, a financial advisor. I mean, there's so many things that we can get into. So I think we're going to have to figure out a way to, to do this again and have a second pod around, around all those things and more. Cause I know you have more things that you want to talk about, but I, I want to thank you for opening up about what it, what it takes to have a, have a growth mindset, you know, sharing your purpose in life, sharing, you know, your vulnerabilities around, you know, anxiety and stress and your weight gain and sharing with others how you've gone about changing your life for the better. And the fact that you've done this so recently puts you in a really unique position because you can remember exactly what it was like to be in the position that maybe others are in today. So yeah, I just want to thank you a ton for being open and sharing all this. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. Um, Appreciate you letting me come on to talk about it. Um, uh, Two things I'll end with is number one, massive fan of what you're doing. Um, Clay is, he has told me time and time again, when I ask, you know, why, why spend all this time? Why, you know, what it's, it's all about if I can help another person. 
Um, and that is just beyond awesome. Um, it's, it's a lot more genuine, uh, than, than probably most people who are taking part in similar activities. Um, but number two, I mean, I, I, I think that talking through today, I, I don't want it to sound solely like a celebration. Um, the reason that I think I do have insight is because the last two and a half years of my life have been, um, a, a, a transformation and, that means that to, to transform something, you, you had to come from a place that wasn't great. So if, if there is anybody out there that's struggling mentally, physically, um, really any way, uh, the first step is understanding that it, it that's okay. That's fine. Um, it's not going to last forever. Um, and number two, if you're willing to learn from it and, and impart new, um, you know, impart lessons on your life to build new habits, to, to, to learn new things, a uh, better way forward. There's a, a really nice um, destination at the end of that road. So um, thanks to you as well, Clay. Hey, well, I appreciate it, Ryan. And hey, this is, this is what this podcast is all about is, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that I've got great people. I, I know I have great people in my life like yourself that have great stories, great mindsets about life, great growth initiatives and, and different things. And this is an opportunity for you to share your gift and your approach to life so that, you know, maybe it can affect one other person. And if it does, then that's a huge win. So thankful to have you in my life, thankful to have your family in my life. And thank you a ton for taking the time to, to share and be vulnerable. And uh, I have no doubt you've inspired someone to grow today. Hey, listener, it's Clay. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Build with Clay podcast. I encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen so you can discover all the episodes and hear from others about their growth journey. If you know me at all, you know that I love feedback. So please rate the episode and provide your comments so I can grow and be better for you and our guests. For more content, you can find Build with Clay on Instagram at Build with Clay. And head to claydavis.substack.com where you can sign up for a bi-weekly newsletter sent directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're inspired to grow.